Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. We're only a few months in, but already 2020 has been a year like no other. A pandemic has led to major changes in lives not only here in North America, but across the entire globe. This has led to fear, stress, anxiety, and a mix of unknown emotions. Today's guest is Carol Lawler. She's a popular writer and blogger. She reminds us that even in the darkest times, we can find holiness and peace in the small moss-covered rocks along the paths of our everyday lives. We can see God at work right where we are in our ordinary and mundane routines and then in the faces of our own family and friends and especially in nature. She'll share her story and how she managed to find the holy in everything. She'll also help us to slow down and find beauty within the chaos. That's today on Connections. Today's guest is Kara Lawler. She's a popular author and blogger. Her first solo book is called Everywhere Holy. We want to learn more about who Carol Lawler is. Tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, I live actually in central Pennsylvania, and we do small-scale farming here. Um, I'm the mother of two children. Matt, my son, is 10, and my daughter Maggie is 5, and I've been married to my high school sweetheart for, for almost 18 years. Um, in addition to writing and, you know, having this writing career that's been kind of an answer to, to a dream, really, um, and also one that I see as a vocation, I also still teach high school English in the mornings. I teach um, 12th grade English at a local school um, that, you know, still allows me the flexibility to write and mother and kind of combine all of those things um, that are important to me. How did you get into writing? Well, I mean, I think I've always been a writer. You know, I think, um, I guess you're not born a writer, but, you know, as a mother myself, I can observe in my children how certain traits are kind of obvious from the very beginning. I, you know, I've always been a kid who lived in my imagination. Um, I grew up very rurally in central Pennsylvania myself. Um, and back in the, uh, in the early 80s and in the 80s in general, we didn't have a TV at our home. Um, well, we had a TV, but it only picked up one channel, so there was never anything <laughs> good to watch. So my mom and dad always said, you know, either go outside and play or go read a book. And so I started reading very early and um, always loved to kind of escape into books. And so I think that my love of reading launched that love of writing. Um, my undergraduate degree is in English, so I, I would say, you know, I've always kind of wanted to pursue writing. In terms of actually this career that I've ended up with, that didn't. That kind of writing didn't start until after I had my daughter Maggie five years ago. I experienced um, a struggle with postpartum depression and really just wrote to kind of dig myself out of that. And it was a real surprise when people really wanted to read it. Really, this book it talks about topics that so many people can relate to. Yeah, I mean that's the that was the idea behind it. I, I think that so many of us live this life where we're, you know, juggling so many balls in the air. You know, we just, we feel like we don't have the time really to sit and pray or see beauty and struggle to find God um, outside of the, you know, the, the church walls on Sunday. So my goal with the book was really to help people see how they can encounter God in their everyday lives, how beauty is right there if we only open our eyes um, and just slow down enough to kind of take it all in. And so... I do think that it's a timely reminder for so many people, and that's what I'm hearing um, from the people who have read the book, that, you know, they they kind of jump into the stories in the book and see themselves in my own stories, um, you know, of kind of juggling this life and, and 
stopping this shuffle for approval that so many of us tend to do and really just taking in the gifts all around us. You mentioned that you dealt with postpartum depression, but you managed to take that, like you said, and turn it into this book. Can you tell us a little bit about your struggle and how you managed to make it through that and how you were able to even write about it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I am a firm believer that, that anything that is difficult, you know, God can use um, for his glory and our own. And, and I would say that, that um, that's what happened with my struggle with postpartum. I think that actually in the end, and, and I know it may be kind of a, a weird way to look at it, but I see those struggles uh, because then I went on to have a subsequent struggle with depression because um, I didn't seek the proper you know help after postpartum. And, and the book, um, Everywhere Holy, doesn't, I do mention postpartum briefly, but I actually talk in the book about a struggle with anxiety and depression that, that kind of came as a result of untreated postpartum. Um, but at any rate, I feel like that was a way, I, I almost see it as a gift, if that sounds, it may sound crazy, but as a gift to, it, it enabled me to really start to rely on God in ways I had never done before, um, to really start this this practice of observation as prayer, as, you know, watching these, these beautiful things in my life and really focusing on them and allowing them to remind me that, you know, I was was loved um, by a God that's bigger than it all. Um, and in terms of writing about it, you know, I really, it, it was hard at first to kind of share these struggles and this pain. And I had done that in various ways um, before the publication of Everywhere Holy, because that actually chronicles, you know, years later. But um, in some ways, I mean, the book is about so many other things, but it starts with this kind of, you know, bending of the knee struggle, you know, that I had. And Writing about it um, really came after I really didn't want to write about it, I, I have to tell you, but I felt very called to write about it, very pushed to write about it, um, until I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And I think that, you know, when we're honest about our own pain and our own struggles, we can allow other people to be honest about theirs. And it's actually been a real gift of my life in all the ways, you know, the sharing of this story. What was that writing experience like then? Did, did you feel as though a lot was taken off your chest as well? I guess so. I mean, I feel like by the time, um, you know, I secured the contract for Everywhere Holy and then wrote the book, I was coming out of that struggle, you know, after various uh, forms of treatment. But the book, the parts of the book where I talk about that, and again, the book's not all about that, but the parts of the book that I talk about that, yeah, sure. I think that writing is very therapeutic. Um, and then also the this not wearing masks anymore, you know, not pretending anymore. That's been a real, a real gift. So how through all of that, did you still manage to feel joy and, and the presence of Mm. God, despite being in such a dark and lonely and scary place? Well, again, I think it's, um, and when, you know, when listeners read everywhere, holy, I I talk so much about that. You know, the focusing on these little beautiful moments, the focusing on children's faces, the focusing on animals or pets or, you know, nature is what really um, saved me. You know, even just this morning, um, my we, we have chickens here at our, our little homestead in Pennsylvania, and the chickens didn't lay a lot of the winter, you know, 
because there's all these there's all studies that show that you know you should let them kind of have their winter and and stop laying allow their natural cycle to take over at any rate it's warm here again it's starting to become warm when i say warm that's like pennsylvania relative warm <laughs> and so they're starting to lay again and so one of the eggs that we got this morning was tiny you know cuz the the hen is just starting to lay and my daughter has these tiny 5 year old hands and the egg is in her tiny hands this tiny egg in her tiny hands and you know, this morning was chaotic. It, you know, we have busy mornings of getting kids to school and, you know, all the things that, that all parents do all over the place. But this moment where I looked at her hand with this egg, you know, was really a holy moment. And these are the kinds of things that I try to help people see in Everywhere Holy that, you know, life doesn't have to be lived in these grand, broad strokes. That it's these everyday kind of tiny moments that can secure us and root us and allow us to know that God's right there. And how can you recognize that that God is working um, while we're dealing with all of the things that come along with parenting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, actually, in one of the chapters in Everywhere Holy, I talk about um, my son who had been sick with a stomach bug, you know, which is this time of year, what we're all, what we all kind of try to avoid, um, but it, you know, just that that absolute kind of thing that we all face as moms, um, a vomiting child. And I was in the bathroom. And this was a few years ago, so I think he was around seven, and he couldn't bathe himself. He he had been so sick, and and he had been vomiting. And um, I had just cleaned up vomit and put him in the tub, and I had this moment where I'm washing his back, and. He, and just knowing that despite how hard that moment was for me and then, of course, for him, um, you know, God put me in that room right then, right there, to clean up this child, you know, in the same way that Jesus, um, you know, cleaned the feet of various people. You know, I'm there to wash this child, you know, wash the vomit off of a child. And I think for me, um, it, it truly, my children have brought me closer God, for sure. And so, you know, so many of the things they do, I say, I think to myself, gosh, you know, they're so close to God. I think children are, um, because they just came from God to us, can really remind us of um, His presence all around. You also mentioned um, you could just find God in nature in your own backyard. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I... We've made this choice to live rurally in Pennsylvania, um, and I'm blessed. You know, the view right now out outside of my office window, there are horses over in the field, and you know, I can go outside and see all sorts of really beautiful things um, in nature. You know, we all make trade-offs, and, and of course, living rurally has um, you know some of those. We, we've made some of those trade-offs for this kind of view. Um, so, nature for me is such a way to connect with God. I feel closer to God in nature than I do anywhere else. But I, I really want to encourage anyone who's interested in finding God all around to read Everywhere Holy, because it's not just about nature. I mean, I think I've spent time in cities. I talk about that in the book. But I think it's just the ability to recognize, um, you know, God in the face of a stranger on a bus, you know, to look at a building and and see the intricacies of it and just kind of relish in that beauty to, you know, see a flower blooming in the park, even in the middle of the city. Um, and so I think you, you don't have to have this kind of view that I have, um, but just that 
that I in the book I really try to show people that no matter where you are, you can find God, and you don't have to be in the woods. And that's kind of how the whole premise of the book starts, you know. As a little girl, I lived rurally and um, really found God in the woods behind our house. And the book kind of chronicles, in some ways, you know, my life of not being able to find God in other places and how the older I've gotten, and I'm 41, but, you know, and how I've gone through all these journeys of motherhood and anxiety and depression and traveling and moving and, you know, all the things that come along with that in my relatively very blessed life, um, how I was able to find God everywhere. You know, I don't have to be in the woods behind my old house. And and that's how the book begins and also how it ends, really. So you're really helping those who may even be feeling lost in their faith then? Absolutely. I mean, I feel um, that that's one of the, the, I guess, one of the reasons why I felt so called to write the book. I I think so many people anymore feel displaced in in churches. They feel lost um, because they don't fit into the church maybe they grew up in or they don't think that they do or, you know, they're looking for something a little bit different. You know, they want to find God somewhere. And I I think the book, while absolutely for people who find God in churches, you know, because I certainly do, um, and, you know, do practice a a pretty traditional faith tradition, but I also truly, truly believe that God's everywhere. And so even if you are struggling in your faith, of course, I think this book um, answers that, you know, that God's everywhere. Um, and I feel like it's a timely reminder right now when, um, you know, percentages of people not practicing uh, a formal faith tradition and feeling very lost, as we said, you know, as you said, and and feeling displaced, um, that this book could absolutely be for them. What's the response been like so far from those who have had the opportunity to read it? You know, I've had a really um, resoundingly positive response um, on both, you know, the Amazon book reviews, the Goodreads book reviews, um, Publishers Weekly reviewed the book very favorably, um, compared my book to Contemplative Prayer, which was really um, an honor because that's a form of prayer that, that I practice myself. And so this the, the fact that it's being compared to that is um, makes me makes me proud. Um, my writing's been compared by various um, people like on Amazon or Goodreads to some of the writing that Ann Voskamp does, um, and I love her writing, so that, that makes me feel great, too. Overall, people are just saying, wow, this perspective has really helped me see this holiness in my life where I otherwise couldn't see it, and you help, you know, I've heard from so many, you know, you help me be honest about my own struggles because you were honest about yours and you helped me, you've helped me find God amid this, you know, chaos sometimes. I mean, I have a t-shirt that says chaos coordinator because I feel like so much here with jockeying kids back and forth and still um, working, you know, outside of the home and and trying to launch this writing career and, um, you know, all the things that we all do. Um, you know, I am a chaos coordinator, but that doesn't mean that I can't see God as I do it. And um, that perspective truly has saved my life, for sure. Have you had anyone reach out to you and just really share uh, a memorable moment with you after they've had the chance to read this book? I mean, lots of people, yes, for sure. I mean, I've had people send me photos of sunsets or sunrises, because I talk so much in the book about um, the sun rising. 
and the fog lifting. And so I've had tons of photos, you know, on Facebook Messenger or email or, and then people, of course, you know, friends and family who have a text or whatever, you know, my phone number. Um, tons of photos of these kind of everywhere holy moments. And that is really cool for me because so many people have said, you know, I, I see the sun come up every day, but I never really thought very much about it. Um, and that's the way I used to feel about the fog. You know, the book opens with, you know, I said I never really paid much attention to the patterns of the fog until I was really struggling, struggling with anxiety and depression. And then all of a sudden, the reminder that the fog actually lifts, you know, it does lift, um, helped me to know that it will lift in my own life. So actually, I've had quite a few people comment to me on that. Um, pictures of fog lifting or saying that that actual metaphor really helps them. For people who want to learn more about yourself uh, or want to learn more about the book and want to get a copy, how do they go about doing that? Oh, sure. Well, um, Thomas Nelson, my publisher, has a beautiful website, and that's com. And there you'll see all the retailers listed. You can watch a book trailer um, of our life here in Pennsylvania, which is I think they, they really did a, a great job with that trailer. Um, but on that website, you'll see places to buy it, and it's available, you know, at places like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, you know, any places you can buy books, Books A Million. I mean, and there's tons of places list, uh, listed there. Um, and also my own personal website is Um and also, I'm super active on Facebook, um, so I'd love for them to find me there under my name. And one last question for those out there that are so struggling and they just they mm. can't find that light or that joy, what would you say mm-hmm. to them? I would say just try really, really hard, um, you know, every couple minutes to find something that's beautiful around them. Um, that was something that I did when I was really in the depths of this depression, you know, what is beautiful in my life right now and trying to really focus on that. Even if I had to go, you know, minute to minute, um, hour to hour or whatever it ended up being. And I think um, for me, even just saying, you know, help me, Jesus, or thank you, Jesus, or something, you know, every few minutes um, when I was really at my lowest, that was really um, what kind of helped pull me out. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kara. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.